0: It's football commercial season. Become a USA Today AdMeter panelist and watch and rate the big game commercials. You'll be entered to win a trip to the big game
1: in 2022 just for registering. Sign up now and see official rules at AdMeter.USAToday.com.
2: Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. Yeah, defense was incredible. All, uh, all game, the turnovers were huge. Um, you know, last time we played them, we gave, you know, uh, we lost a turnover minus three. Today was plus four. You're not going to lose many games when you're plus four. So just a great effort. Um, they came up huge uh, offensively. We made some plays when we needed to. Running game was great. Line protected great up front. You know, really proud of our team and everything we put in to get to this point. So there's only four teams left for one of them. And uh, it's tough to get to this point. So we need a big week. So we need a great week. we practice one got one of the best teams in the league, obviously, in Green Bay the top seed, and um, Aaron's playing incredible. they got a great defense, so it's going to be a, uh, a great matchup.
1: Well, there's the GOAT, Tom Brady, on his way to another conference championship game. Is 14th, if you can believe that. It's crazy. Brady's going to get a lot of the love and the credit, Luke, but as he said right there, this win over the Saints, less about him and his brilliance, more about the Bucks defense. They really rose to the occasion, man, and your Bucks, one win from the Super Bowl because of that. That's, that's pretty sweet, isn't it?
0: I mean, I told you off air, man. I, I feel like Ricky Bobby. I don't. Know, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. <laughs> what are you gonna um, do,
1: man? What do you do?
0: It's it's late January, and uh, the Bucks are the Bucks. Who's playing football for the first time since I saw Rondé Barber streak down that sideline at Veterans Stadium? So, um, again, it's just a beautiful feeling for for Bucks fans. It's been almost two decades, um, and going into that game in, in particular, I mean, we had all the questions about. Yeah, they're playing great, but they been playing bad teams. Now you're going to New Orleans, you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to just skirt by them. And I mean, they, they played the game of their lives. They played out outstanding in in all three phases and they executed. They got the job done. They had a great game plan. They executed it, and and they won the game. It was, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful to watch.
1: No doubt about it. And there's a lot of things on the defensive side that I want to get to. A lot of uh, cool little things that happened, like holding Michael Thomas without a catch. Like There's a lot of stuff like that on the defensive side that we should get to. But I think the turning point wasn't even the interceptions that Drew Brees threw in the fourth quarter. I thought the clear defining turning point was Antoine Winfield Jr. stripping that ball from Jared Cook, right? The Saints... Are ahead twenty to thirteen in the third quarter. Cook has the ball in his hands. He's running into Bucks territory, Luke, when Winfield punches that thing free. Just a huge, massive play. I mean, if the Saints go down there and even score a field goal, it's a two-score game. If they score a touchdown, it's probably ball game. It's late fourth, it's late third quarter, I'm sorry. That's gonna be tough for the Bucks to come back on the road down 14 in the fourth quarter. So Winfield punching that thing out, the Bucks coming down, scoring five plays later to tie the game. I mean just huge.
0: Yeah, I actually, I don't know if you saw, but I, I tweeted a screenshot from my, my family Facebook messenger thread. Oh, I, I um, might that have. We have. This.
1: How do I miss this? And, I was watching and repeats. I
0: And I had a, a screenshot of me saying earlier that afternoon. Oh, I
1: did see this. Go on.
0: Uh, the fact that I called Winfield making a big play. I said I just felt like Winfield was going to make a big play that mattered in this game. Just had a gut feeling. And, man, as soon as he punched that out, everybody in my family started blowing up my phone. <laughs> called it. You called it, there it is. And again, it was such a great play because, I mean, it was third down. He got beat on the route and then did not give up, made a phenomenal hustle play to not just track down Jared Cook and make the tackle, but to punch the ball out. And like you said, it it went immediately from a deflating play in in giving up the first down and extending that drive for for the Saints to, like you said, the, the, the play that really changed the entire complexion of the whole game because obviously there were big plays after that. They still needed to make plays to win the game. But I think that the entire energy in that stadium, the energy of the game, the flow of the game completely changed right there. And you're right. It could have gone completely the other way if he doesn't punch that ball
1: out. That was a championship play. There's no doubt about it. And then another guy that you just noticed all game long, the return of Devin White. We talked about it last week. He was freaking huge, Luke, and I think a lot of people around the country who didn't know who number forty-five in the Bucks in the Bucks uniform was, they kind of know who number forty-five is now, right? He was all over the field. He was ridiculously good in this game. He was awesome.
0: Yeah, and you know when you have two weeks off like he did, he called it his stupid vacation (laughs) uh, because he he didn't want one. He said Uh, so. He spent it, you know, preparing. He had assignments, you know, from the defensive coaches, was texting them at halftime of the games he missed. You know, I saw this, look out for this. Um, you know, and, and when we talked to him leading up to this game, you know, I think somebody had asked him, you know, how do you manage the emotions? Because obviously if you if you know anything about Devin, he's a very vocal, very passionate, very emotional player. And that is a good thing most of the time. But especially when you've been, you know, you didn't finish the regular season the way you wanted to. You couldn't play. You missed the cutoff in the COVID protocols by literally a day to be able to play in that Washington game. So you don't get to play with your guys in the first playoff game in, in 13 years. So you've got all that frustration and you just want to go out there and make somebody pay for it. Right. <laughs> you want to go out there and, and, the risk is there, especially for a player that plays the game like Devin does, to let it get away from you, right? To let the emotions overcome your sensibilities and to, and to be caught out of position, to be pressing and, and not sound in your assignments and your techniques because you're just pushing and trying to make up for that lost time, and trying to make a play. And I tell you what, man, there was just none of that. You know, he, he knew it and he knew the possibility that, that he was risking of, of putting himself in that position. But he just didn't do it. He went out and played flat out the best football game I've seen from him in his career so far. It's a young career. It's only his second season. But, man, when the Bucks took him fifth overall in that draft, there were a lot of people, myself included, who were like, man, I just don't know if an inside linebacker can make the kind of impact in today's NFL that's worth a top five pick. And Bruce Arians was adamant. Jason Light, the general manager, was adamant that people like me had no clue what we were talking about to that end. And I tell you what, am I've never been happier – to be proven wrong because Devin White absolutely looked like a top five pick and worth every bit of it uh, when it mattered most in this game.
1: It was very clear that Drew Brees could not get the ball deep. The Bucks knew it. Todd Bowles knew it. And they catered the game plan to that. Right. They just were not afraid of, of Brees down the field. Right, Luke? I mean, that's why they brought in Jameis Winston. They did that trick play to hit the deep ball because Brees just couldn't throw it. And the Bucks took advantage of it, especially against Michael Thomas.
0: Yeah, they really did. And think about that from a defensive player's perspective. When you know that you can just set your your feet and play downhill all day long yeah. and not have to worry about things getting behind you. Not that the not that the Saints don't have receivers that can do that. Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders can all stretch the field. But when you don't have a quarterback that can get you the football, it doesn't matter. So you have to orchestrate the offense to play to the strengths of your entire team. And when you can't call those – those deep plays, which again contrast that with Tom Brady and how everybody said that he, you know, was washed and his arm strength wasn't good enough. And look at the way he attacked the field uh, in this game and really the whole season. But when you're able as a defender to to know that nothing's really going to get behind you and you can just play downhill and keep everything in front of you and drive on every short route and, and really, you know, jump on every first instinct instead of worrying about double moves and things that are going to fool you, like. I mean, you saw it when you're able to play aggressive and downhill like that. You, you can make so many more plays because you don't have to worry about the risk of getting beat deep. And I think that was a huge reason why the Bucks were able to jump on so many turnovers, make so many tackles. Uh, and, and they just played such a such a sound game.
1: So coming up next, we'll dive into what is just an awesome, epic NFC championship game. Brady against Aaron Rodgers, Bucks Packers at Lambeau Field. Might snow a little bit on Sunday, Luke. I'm seeing that. There's like flurries in the forecast. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We'll do all that coming up next, but first, here's some sports betting advice.
2: It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast joined by my colleague Jeff Clark.
0: We're breaking down the NFC Championship game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, three and a half point favorites at home at Lambeau Field. Jeff, the Bucs keep it within a field goal in the cold at Lambeau. Oh, for sure. I'm taking Tom
2: Brady. Tom Brady's team plus three in the hook in a conference title game. Their defense is legit. They could be getting back defensive tackle Vita Vey, which is going to help keep Green
0: Bay to some third and longs. And also, it'll let the Tampa Bay, back, uh, Tampa Bay pass rushers pin their airs back and take advantage of a Green Bay offensive line that's
2: a little weakened with David Bakhtiari out with injury.
0: Packers had little trouble against the number one rated defense of the Los Angeles Rams last week that offensive line still number one in pass blocking still number one in run blocking I'm all over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers they're going to win by over four points
1: so let's just dive right into this matchup loop the Bucks are on their way to Lambeau Field they are three and a half point underdogs at the moment and I can't help but look at the last time these two teams played Bucks beating the Packers 38 to 10 in week six trailing 10 nothing in that game rogers scores the touchdown or he thinks he did i think it got called back on replay but rogers scores a touchdown he does a little hogan celebration and ever since that it was his downfall right he throws a couple picks jamel dean mike edwards bucks score 38 unanswered points and uh know, yeah, just it just goes to turn out that after that game the packers end up being one of the best teams in football they're the nfc's number one seed aaron Rodgers is Likely the MVP. Devontae Adams has a real shot at offensive player of the year. So uh just a tough team, a tough matchup on the road, isn't it? I mean, what's your leadoff take on Bucks, Packers in the NFC championship game?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, because of what you just mentioned, I feel like if there was any team in the league who should have any sort of confidence whatsoever in their ability to stop Aaron Rodgers and beat the Packers, it should be the Bucks, right? They sure. they gave everybody the blueprint for how to do that because if you go back to week six this was the same story up until that point. The Packers were unstoppable. They, you know, we were already talking about MVP for Rodgers. We were already talking about, you know, how the Packers were were maybe the best team in the NFL at that point and playing so well. And after that first quarter, the Packers had had the ball twice. They had scored twice. The Bucks had had the ball twice. They had punted twice, and we were like, "Oh boy, this is you know, the Bucks are, you know." Bucks and Bucks were coming off, you know, a back and forth few weeks and we're like, okay, so this is they're not quite there yet. The Packers are still that much better than them, but man, whatever Todd Bowles said to the, the defense at that at that change of quarter, Jamel Dean goes out, gets the pick six, a couple plays later, Mike Edwards picks him off. Just to put that in context, Aaron Rodgers has thrown three pick sixes ever.
1: <laughs> that is wild.
0: Ever.
1: He almost threw two that day.
0: And he almost threw two in two throws in right, that right, game. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, you know, the Bucks. I mean, again, the Bucs did a phenomenal job. Todd Bowles deserves so much credit for the way he approached that game because what he did in terms of pre-snap looks and post-snap changes, bringing different blitzes, he he pulled out all the stops in those last three quarters, and that's why they shut the Packers out for those three quarters is because they were playing a lot of press man, they were they were using a bunch of different exotic looks with their blitzes. He loves to get his safeties involved in the blitz. Uh, but I mean, but they got they confused Aaron Rodgers, which is really rare. They got him off the spot, which means making him move around in the pocket, not being able to set and throw where he wants to go. And that's again what happened with the Saints too. That's why Drew Brees had some of the trouble he did because he's not making the throws from where he wants to make them. And when you're able to knock Aaron Rodgers around and frustrate him early, and and he doesn't want to pl- he doesn't get to play the game the way he wants. You saw in that Packers game, he started ch- chirping at Ndamukong Suh, wasn't real happy with some of the hits. And once you kind of get in, in any quarterback's head to that point, and it, it's really good news for your defense. And I think things just snowballed from there. So obviously there are some differences. This time it's not in Tampa. <laughs> this time it's not in October. Right. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be snowing probably. Obviously all that plays to the Packers' strengths. But one thing I will mention, and this was a huge kind of – out of the blue thing for the bucks this week. Vita Vea might play in this game.
1: No way. I didn't hear this. Go on.
0: Because they just this is I we're recording this on a Tuesday, Monday night, they designated him for return from injured reserve and he will practice Wednesday.
1: That's a wild story. I you also follow on that one.
0: So they, you know, the Bucks are, you know, evidently according to Rick Stroud, he's the first one that reported this from the, the, the Tampa Bay Times, the Bucs beat writer. He said that that Vita Vea has been working out very vigorously, like basically pushing that that leg. He broke his ankle leg in the in the Bears game the week before the Packers game, so he's basically been pushing his workouts to see can he go a game, right? Can he play a game? And I'm telling you, man, in in Green Bay in January. Against a team that ran the ball really, really well against the Rams in that victory, if you're going to drop Vita Vea back into the middle of that defensive line, six foot four, three hundred and fifty pounds of uh, maybe sweet. the best, maybe the best nose tackle in the league, and you're going to look on the other side of the ball and see a Bucks team that just ran the ball very, very well against a very good defensive front in New Orleans, even without their starting right guard Alex Kappa, Aaron Stinney, in his first NFL start, played his ass off in that game. And you had 60 plus yards each from Fournette and Ronald Jones. Fournette had over 100 total yards in the touchdown uh, receiving. I, I think Rojo averaged almost five yards a carry. Even playing with the, the quad injury he had, so the Bucks' running game is getting getting better at the right time, and they're dropping a, a, the maybe the best run-stuffing nose tackle in the league back into that defense potentially for this game to help stop the Green Bay run a huge development for the bucks pun absolutely intended (laughs) um but that could be a game changer man the bucks are running the ball really well and they could be stopping the run way better than they have again they haven't had vita van since week six man week five week six and he's maybe the best nose tackle in the league. So that could be a huge swing for the Bucks in terms of how well they're running the ball and how much better they could stop it if he's back in the lineup. Wow,
1: and yeah, of, of all my research for this game, I, d- I have not heard about Vita Vea yet. That's interesting. Like the Packers, they think they just kind of got a new addition for the defensive line for the playoff run, Snacks Harrison. Well, the Bucks dropping Vita Vea back in there, trumping the uh, the Snacks Harrison signing. There's no doubt about it. That could definitely be a game changer. I'll be checking Bucks wire on that one. And I think another game-changing advantage the Bucks could have, and a reason why I kind of like them at this three-and-a-half number. Brady has dominated Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator of the Packers. He's an old AFC East guy, so Brady played him plenty when he was with the Patriots. I think Mike, Mike Pettin was with the Jets. He was with the Bills as a coordinator. Brady has won eight straight games against Pettin coach defenses, Luke. His career against Pettin, 10-3, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions and there's these guys out there just like Jack Del Rio who was the defensive coordinator of Washington and Brady just owns that guy too there's these coaches out there that even when they have a good defense and and defenses that can hurt you when Brady knows what you're going to do he's talked about having the answers to the tests that thing when you're around for two decades when you've been playing 20 plus years of football you just have guys that you know and Brady knows Mike Pettin the real question is will Pettin actually send extra rushers up the middle Not on the outside, up the middle. Like, will he do that thing and try to, you know, get in Brady's face and make him uncomfortable? Or will he do his off-coverage zone stuff, which he seems to be doing this season? And he did, I think, against Brady the first time around because that defense, they just have to kind of keep the ball in front of you with with the way Green Bay scores, right, Luke? Green Bay's defense doesn't have to really come after you. They can kind of sit back, keep everything in front of you, play soft zone not get beat deep, do that whole thing. I think if the Packers play that kind of game, this could be a big Brady game. This would be a big one for the offense, and the Bucks could put some points on the board. And that would be a key one. Brady versus Mike Pettin. He's kind of owned this matchup, and he gets him again in a pretty big spot. So I think that'll be an interesting one to follow as well.
0: I think it will, and, and, but honestly, look at the way the Bucks are constructed on offense, and that's a really pick-your-poison situation. I think that's what happened in that First Packers game is when the when the Packers offense isn't doing what they want and the defense has to to play a little bit differently. Brady had his way with them, right? They the Bucks ran the ball all over them. They were throwing the ball to everybody. And if you're going to bring that extra pressure, you're leaving those weapons. How do you cover Mike all Evans, those guys? Right, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. All of those guys have one on one matchups at some point, so uh, and I'll also look at look at where the the pressure is strongest for Green Bay and it's on the edge with the Smiths Preston Smith and cesria Smith, and you've got one of the best tandems of offensive tackles. never thought I'd say that about donovan Smith I'll be the first one to admit you know he's been very durable for the bucks throughout his you know his career, but never really took his game to that next level. I saw, I always felt like. He was the starter at left tackle kind of by default, like they couldn't find a better solution, so he was just going to be the guy. But, I mean, he's made 94 starts in 96 games and is finally playing like an elite left tackle. These last two games he's played against Washington, one of the better defensive fronts, shut down Chase Young, and against New Orleans, who ate them up the, la- the first two games. Trey Hendrickson had a field day. With Donovan Smith, Cameron Jordan had a had a solid game, but but Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, who might be the best right, right tackle in the game as a rookie, uh, those guys will will I'll take those guys against any rushers in the league. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get pressure, you might have to bring those extra guys, and if you do, that's a lot of space for those weapons to work with. And even running backs out of the backfield, if you're going to leave them that much space, the Bucks really went after Alex Anzalone, inside linebacker for the Saints in that Saints game, and really exposed him in coverage. Um, Fournette's touchdown was a, part, a prime example, being able to get separation against a guy like that. But I, I just don't – this is going to come down to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in a shootout unless the Bucks defense does what they did the first time. And then the Packers are going to be in real trouble because I don't think, and again, knock on wood as a Bucks fan, but I don't know if the Packers are capable of playing the kind of defense we have seen from the Bucks last week, from the Bucs against green Bay. The first time, I think obviously they'll have the elements of the weather on their side, but I mean, if you can't stop the run, you can't stop anybody. And if the if Bucks are able to stay as balanced on offense as they were against new Orleans. And obviously as they, as much as they were against green Bay, the first time it's going to play to their strengths, no matter what the weather's like. So Again, this is gonna fall on the Bucks defense against Aaron Rodgers. If they're able to do anything near what they did the first time, this could be a long day for Packers fans and it could be a really big, really big upset. And I, I just I feel maybe more confident in the in the op in the possibility of the Bucks winning this game than I felt about it last week against the Saints for sure. I, I uh, think because we've support. seen it we've seen it happen. You know, we've seen what the Bucks can do to these Packers, and I don't know that the venue change will have enough of a difference. To mitigate the fact that if they play the same way, I don't think it would be thirty-eight to ten, obviously. But I think the Bucks can absolutely win again if they play at that level, and I just wasn't confident about that going into the Saints game.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's a better matchup than the Saints. I think the Saints are a tough matchup for the Bucks and Green Bay. It's a little bit of a better matchup, and and I agree with you. I think it is going to be a little bit of a shootout. It's interesting. The uh, the totals only at fifty and a half. So that makes me lean over. I think there's going to be some points scored in this game for sure. And the question is, what defense can rise to the occasion? And I think the Bucks defense just has a chance to, to outplay the Packers defense, as you said, Luke. I mean, I went back. So the Packers got crushed by Tampa Bay in week six. Here's the teams they face. Here's the offenses and the quarterbacks the Packers have faced since that first Bucks game. Texans, Vikings, 49ers, Jaguars, Colts, Bears, Eagles, Lions, Panthers, Titans, Bears again, and then the Rams in that playoff game. Who are the scary quarterbacks there? Now, you obviously have Deshaun Watson, but he plays for that crappy Houston Texans team. No coaching. They only won four games. Obviously, Phillip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill. Don't even bring up Jared Goff. I mean, who are the scary quarterbacks? I mean, the Packers really haven't faced a dynamic, scary offense and scary quarterback like the Bucks are going to throw at them with Brady since they played the bucks in week 6.
0: Yeah, and again, when when you don't have to do that, it makes a lot of it makes life a lot easier for a guy like Rodgers, right? There's a lot less pressure on on you to score every time you get the ball on. I think that's yeah. what happened. The first time around is that when when you get off to a little bit of success in the first quarter like that, but then all of a sudden nothing's working. And that continues to happen. It starts to snowball like that. And that's psychological when, when you're like, wait, it was just working. Why isn't it working anymore? And then when the other offense is pulling their weight and your defense can't stop them, but you can't get the job done when you've got the ball, that's how you end up losing 38-10. to 10. And, again, I don't see that kind of deficit in this one. But, but man, I, I, like you said, they haven't had a, a really talented, really explosive offense that they've had to hang with Really, since that game, so I think if the Bucks, if the Bucks can score it at any kind of clip close to what they just did in Week Six, um, then the, the Bucks defense could even play half as good as they played against them the first time, and even as, as good as they played against New Orleans. And this is going to be a, a close game. Uh, or the Packers better watch out. I know it may be it may feel bold to say, but man, the way the Bucks are playing right now, and the way the Bucks played them in Week Six, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a master. Pre- you know, in preparation, he is going to go back to that film and pour over it, and go through every single thing that he wishes he would have done better. And they're going to have a plan to to avoid that. Obviously. Yeah. But, man, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the Bucs are in the NFC Championship game. I mean, the, the Bucks are going to go to Lambeau, again, as a lifetime Buccaneers fan, you know, outside of the job, you know, growing up watching them in the NFC Central and watching them go to Lambeau every year and watching Warren Sapp and Brett Favre go at it and, and watching those games growing up like this is just a I mean. This is beautiful as a, as a football fan to be able to watch an NFC title game at Lambeau Field between these two teams that I, that I grew up watching as rivals. Man, I just, you couldn't have ask for anything better.
1: No, nah, no. Nah. And you, you'll be able to see the breath, I think, a little bit and the, maybe some snow Just flurries.
0: glorious it's January good. football. Two of the greatest yeah. quarterbacks to ever play. Maybe oh. the two greatest in terms of talent and, and ability. And it's so good. Man, just it's so, so good. many stars on both sides of the field, so many big names and Who's going to make the play, right? That, one of my favorite things about playoff football is you can have all the superstars in the world, but the guy who makes the biggest play might be somebody who you'll never hear from again and never hear, heard from Is I love that about playoff football. Who's going to be the guy that steps up and becomes a hero and becomes a legend?
1: Yeah, it's so good. And and we don't have to wait that long. It's going to be here before we know it. 305, it's even the early window on Sunday. So looking forward to it. As far as the uh, the betting line goes, I am leaning bucks. Uh, getting the three and a half points, I just I, I think they got a chance to win the game outright. I might like, uh, I might sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. I, I think they got a, the real shot to win this game and go to the Super Bowl, which is freaking awesome. And then I'll be watching the total as well. Like I said, 50 and a half. And I would watch to see if the weather or if it is snowing a little bit and that total moves at all. I mean, the snow doesn't tend to affect the passing game so much. So uh, I'm actually leaning on the over there. But what do you think about the spread in the total, Luke? Are you are you with me? Are we both picking the Bucks here? I think uh, we're being uh, homer I, yeah, status, I but think, I, think, I, think, I think we, we are, are, man. Yeah. I,
0: I think that, you know, it the the, the the piece is all fit for the Bucks to to keep this a very close game or even win it. Um, and I think, like you said, I think these two offenses are going to have to score points. And I don't see this being a a... Slugfest, you know, three yards in a cloud of mushy slushy dirt. Uh, You know, I I don't, I don't see that happening. Not with these two quarterbacks. Not with these two play callers. Not with the way these offenses like to attack. And and I just, I, I see more than fifty points in this game. I think that. These these offenses are gonna to make some plays. The weather's not gonna impact that too much uh unless it gets just really wet and messy. I just don't I don't see it happening. I think we're gonna be in for an epic Rodgers versus Brady shootout, uh unless the Bucks defense comes to play again and then who knows.
1: Oh, man. Well, having watched growing up, watching Brady here in New England for all these years, for those who were just hopping on the pod, maybe late in the season. I live in New Hampshire. I'm a Tom Brady uh, honk. I wear my TB12 underwear, my TB12 hoodie as I as I do the show with Luke each week. And uh, I've seen this thing before, Luke, where Brady plays in that earlier game and then your team wins and then you get to watch the uh, the other game. To see who you're gonna play in the Super Bowl. And I just I'm hoping for Bucks fans and obviously I'm pulling for my guy Brady and, and my new favorite team, the Bucs, uh, in this game. And then who would you root for in the AFC championship game between Chiefs and Bills? If 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 your Bucks are in the Super Bowl, Luke, who would you want to face?
0: I want to face the Bills. <laughs> yeah. I wanna face the Bills yep. all day long. And <laughs> no honestly, problem there. It's as much a it's a, it's as much about being a football fan in general as it is about not wanting to face the Chiefs. Because if you go back and look at the Chiefs game, there's a similarity to the bucks Packers game from week six in that the Bucks got ran in the first quarter and then really shut things down for the, the next three quarters. I think they were down 21 to nothing at the end of the first and they lost, to what, 27 to 24? Uh, once they switched things up, they started doubling both Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. And really, the Packers couldn't do a whole lot with that. Also, throw in the fact that, you know, we don't know how Patrick Mahomes' health is going to be at that point. Um, this Chiefs defense is really hit or miss. Uh so I I it's not as much about the matchup. I want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl, man. I, I you know, as a football fan, it's a fun storyline. I, I like seeing new blood. The Chiefs are the defending champions, so I don't want to see anybody repeat unless it's my team. Um and the Bucks versus the Bills would be fantastic unless can you imagine, and my my older brother brought this up to us, can you imagine if the Bills go to the Super Bowl? and lose on a missed field goal in Tampa? <laughs> well, it, it,
1: even if it's not a field goal, Luke, just for, for me and for other Patriots fans who have had to listen to Bills fans kind of gloat over their AFC. <laughs> now, now they deserve it, and I've actually hopped on the Bills bandwagon on the AFC side. I've been pulling for the Bills. Uh, I'm all in on Josh Allen. I think he's awesome. I think the Bills are great. I love the storyline. I have a lot of friends. I even have family who are diehard Bills fans. So uh, they've, been, they've been rubbing it in. They've been dancing on the Patriots grave, right, sending me all the memes of Bills. Belichick slamming the phone yep. and all that thing. Belichick being a baby on the sideline when the Bills just completely crushed the Pats in Foxborough. What was that week sixteen or whatever? So Bills fans have been having their fun, but could you imagine the Bills in this dream season getting all the way to the Super Bowl and dancing and on Tom the Patriots Brady. For, and Tom Brady? Who's the guy that you haven't beat yet? It's Tom, <laughs> and could it be the Bucks? Oh so my gosh! That's man. what and I'm it, hoping for as a fan, of the, I, as a Pats fan. Love, that's
0: what I want. Um, Right. Obviously, as a Bucks fan, I would love the Bucks to win whatever, you know, but it goes back to, um, I'll take it back to the World Series. You and I have talked about all kinds of sports on here, but, you know, obviously I live in Tampa, so I, I root for the Rays, but I grew up an Atlanta Braves fan. My, my grandmother was a diehard Atlanta Braves fan, and we didn't have the Rays until I was like 12. So, you know, that's – the Braves are my team. So, obviously, in the, in, the World, in the World Series this year, I had a chance to have a perfect World Series, right, and have the Braves <laughs> right. play the Braves. Yes. And it would have been great because no matter who wins, I'm happy. Instead, the Dodgers won. They won the World Series. It was the worst scenario, right? But in this scenario, it's like, obviously, I don't want the Bucks to lose the Super Bowl. But if they're going to lose to someone, I would prefer it to be a team like the Bills who would obviously – it would be awesome to see them win finally that fan base in particular – I mean, just look at what they did against the after the Ravens game, right? They're donating all the monies to to Lamar Jackson's charity and Pretty stuff cool. like that. Like, Pretty cool. I just I love that stuff, man. So I mean, if the Bucks are going to lose in the Super Bowl, I I you know I'd much rather lose to a team like the Bills and see that fan base get to enjoy it. Obviously, I don't care who's in there. I'm going to be pulling for the Bucks and hope they win. Uh, but that's the team I'd like to see. I, I think Bucks versus Bills would be just a phenomenal matchup. Um, obviously the Chiefs would be a, a fun matchup too. But again, I, as a football fan, I'd just love to see something new. And if you would have told anybody at the beginning of the season, the Bucks were going to play the Bills in the Super Bowl in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's just – that's laughable. If you have that ticket, if you have that bet, boy – cash it in enjoy
1: uh, if that if that's the game i will be just loving life and i'll be and i'll have two weeks just to needle my bills fans friends like, oh brady you got a, you got brady again how, how you feeling you got brady and he's got some weapons too over there in tampa bay oh and he's at home <laughs> oh that'd be so fun i don't know man we'll be back next week to, to break this thing down uh i can't wait nfc championship game bucks packers Luke, I'll give you the final word as we uh, as we wrap this one up. Well, final word. I mean, one final score prediction. One final take on the game. I'll give you the floor.
0: You know, I I picked the Bucks to win last week. He the the Saints. I read I, that. I, I read my, that. I
1: laughed. I like yeah. My, I allowed go, my Luke.
0: altruism to to overcome my sensibilities, and sometimes that works out. You know, I, they even beat them by more than I said they and than I thought they would, but. You know, I, I, why not keep it going, right? Why, what's the fun in continuing to, to have your team in it if you're not going to pick them to go all the way, right? So Love it. I, I think the Bucks win this game. I think they, they do just enough of what they did against the Packers on defense in Week 6. I don't think it's a blowout, obviously, but I – I think Tom Brady, like you said, maybe he's got Mike Pett's number. I I think that they have some playmakers on that defense. Jair Alexander's maybe the most underappreciated corner in the NFL, uh, but they can't cover everybody. He's only gonna he only gets to cover one guy every play. So um, I think that Brady in this offense is is balanced enough. The offensive line is playing well. He's got too many weapons, and I think the defense is just clicking at the at the perfect time, and, and I think they get it done. I, I don't know by how much. If I had to pick. I'd I'd want it to be small just because I'd love to be pleasantly surprised this time but I would not. I would not uh, be surprised at a you know a thirty-one twenty-seven bucks win. Uh, but why not pick them to go all the way? Go to Lambeau, you know. Bring bring the ghosts of of Warren Sapp and Rondé Barber and Derek Brooks and John Lynch with you. Go up to Lambeau like it's the NFC Central days and and get some revenge for the for the olden days and uh, and take become the first team to play a Super Bowl in your home stadium. Why why not?
1: I love it. Can't wait. We'll be back next week for a championship edition of the Bucks Wire podcast. We'll talk to you then.